This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, it's Monday the 11th of September. I'm Miranda Sawyer and I can't believe that badly dressed man just pushed me off my bike and almost into the canal. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we scour the papers for their best bits and then pile them all on top of each other to make a big newsy sandwich, like a posh brunch food item, but made from headlines and the thoughts of Sarah Vine. Coming soon, we're going to be revealing some exciting new developments for the show, but for the moment we're out mid-morning every Monday, Wednesday and Friday, so hit subscribe on your favourite podcast app and remember to send the show to three of your friends and help us spread the Paper Cuts word. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Hi, spy. The Times names the parliamentary researcher who's allegedly been spying for China. Letters of note, Liz Truss has announced that she's writing a book about her 49 days as prime minister. And later, Datus, tonight sees the start of a new Love Island-style TV show for the middle-aged. The papers are excited. Welcome to Papercuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where we're not hot, we're just sexy. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and joining me on the show today is historian and published statue questioner Alex von Tundelman. Hello, Alex. Hello. Also with us is comedian and published cosy crime destroyer Fergus Craig. Hello. So what have we got on the front pages today? Alex, what do you have? Well, I've got China spies all over the place. I've got the Daily Telegraph with intelligence service set to haul in China spies. That's in little inverted commas because they're not totally sure they are spies yet. Um, The Times, though, has got kind of the big splash of the story, revealed spy suspect at the heart of power with a big picture of said alleged spy. Um, And the Daily Mail has gone for the same story. We've got a hostile act in the heart of Parliament. After researcher is arrested for spying, Rishi confronts Chinese PM while MPs condemn. Yes, exactly. They've also got other bits on the front of the mail, haven't they? They've got everything today. Yes, we've got the uh, middle-aged Love Island going on the front of the mail. They've also got a picture of Kate Moss, which they've picked, they say because uh, she's lighting up a cigarette. Has Kate Moss stubbed out vapes? Has she gone back to her unhealthy smoking ways? Um, They've printed that on the front page and also inside on page 11. But it's pretty clear that what they've done is pick it because they've managed to find, I mean, miraculously an unflattering picture of Kate Moss. Uh, But I have to say, looking like she's having a laugh as ever. She looks great. She looks perfectly all right. But, you know, they've managed to find a picture where she's looking straight into blinding sunlight So she looks like um, a 49-year-old woman who's looking into direct sunlight, which is is not 
uh, the male quite clearly thinks not supermodel. <laughs> not <laughs> not right. It's not yes. right. Fergus, what do you have? I've got the Daily Star, which is... Whoop. Uh, thank you. Is always, <laughs> as always, obsessed with the weather. Great British bunk off, it says. Millions skip work in final autumn blast. It's 28 Celsius, apparently, today. Yeah. Uh, the Eye has UK interest rate hikes set to end, experts predict. And Are we, we have, asleep yet? Yeah. <laughs> we've mean, had that a, one's boring. We've had enough of experts. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, The Guardian has... Uh, a uh, picture from the Moroccan earthquake, uh, the Moroccan village where death came in the night. So all very grim. And uh, then also 184,000 cases, cancer cases in the UK this year were preventable. So predictably enough, The Guardian is by far the most depressing front page. <laughs> yeah, bringing the laughs. I feel like we should have a quick talk about the Moroccan picture. On the, It's obviously covered in quite a lot of the papers. On the front page of The Guardian, there's a picture. Of, I mean, it's really sad. It's just of people weeping um, from the earthquake, which happened on Friday and was felt 45 miles away in Marrakesh. It's not great, is it, Alex? No, I mean, it's a horrendous story and it's really unusual for Morocco as well, which doesn't tend to get these kind of big earthquakes. The last big one was in 1960, but this is now seemingly possibly even more serious than that. So still some of these, the epicentre was in the Atlas Mountains, still some of these small villages are cut off. You know, they're still trying to get to them. Now, on the front page of The Eye and other papers, especially The Times, it's a quite amazing story of a British parliamentary researcher working in the House of Commons being arrested on suspicion of being a Chinese spy. This started from a Sunday Times scoop and then The Times today has now named the researcher as Chris Cash, a privately educated 28-year-old from Edinburgh. Alex, what is going on? Well, you have to slightly read between the lines in terms of what's going on. So the Times have a real scoop today in that they've named Chris Cash. Uh, the other papers didn't have that in time. And they've printed a big picture of him on the front page. And I mean, this story is pretty much Times catnip because he is not only sort of reasonably good looking, but as they say in their subhead, uh, GP's son who attended public school and used dating app. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, everything. Use the dating app. I mean, so they've got the full sweep. Um, they go into details of the dating app. It's on Hinge. Um, and actually tried to date a journalist from The Sun who's written a piece in The Sun today about her near miss yeah. dating um, this guy. But, I mean, it should be said that there's no charges or anything yet about what he's potentially done or not done. He was working uh, as a researcher for chairwoman of the Foreign Affairs Committee in Parliament. Uh, he ran a sort of China group. He obviously was very involved and seems to have had pretty close links to uh, Tom Tugendhat and to, yes, Alicia Kearns, the chairwoman of the Foreign Affairs Committee. But it's not clear exactly what has gone on. You know? No, it's also, I mean... It's. I mean, on one level, I think it's a great scoop. It's an absolutely brilliant scoop. The Sunday Times got it and now the Times has got it. Great. Well done. Well done. Fantastic. But there's two kind of factors that I think are a bit weird. Is one, that it happened in March. He was arrested in March, along with somebody else who's a university lecturer or a university academic, I think, who was in his 30s. So he was arrested in March. He hasn't been in a parliament since. And also the other thing is I can't quite work out what he did. I mean, I do understand that they have to keep it slightly quiet, but it just sounds like he had lots of drinks with people and talked about China. Yeah, I mean, the suspicion seems to be in several papers, um, in the mail and so on, although they don't name him, they still have, obviously they know who it was and they have some details. The suspicion seems to be that he 
uh, lived and worked in China for a while and was possibly recruited when he was there by the Chinese security services as a sleeper agent, effectively, someone who'd be sent back to the UK, you know, get himself into some sort of position and then activated as needed. And how do I mean? <laughs> this is activate. Yeah, now. exactly. How do you activate? Uh, that is, that is the terminology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 not spying as I expect. What do you expect? I expect you want guns. Yes, I expect <laughs> some form of briefcase exchange yeah. where two people sit on a bench and one takes the hat off as an indication that you know they're both spies, and the other person takes the briefcase. Am I wrong? Someone yeah, says it's snowing in November. Exactly. And then this doesn't seem to have happened. They just seem to have gone for a lot of drinks and talked about China. I have to say that the Sun journalist, Noah Hoffman, has written about it in The Sun like you would. And she said they matched on Hinge. He was attractive, clearly into sports and had a thriving social life. He lived in China, but was now banned from returning, she said, which I thought was slightly interesting. But they kept not making their date. They're not making their date. Um, The MPs are very pissed off about this, aren't they? The MPs are really seriously angry about it. I mean, you know, and it sounds like they've probably learned about this story more or less from the Times. As we have, <laughs> yes, from the Times. We've got Ian Duncan Smith, particularly, former Tory leader, of course, who's very sort of China sceptic, sort of saying this is a remarkably dangerous situation. And then there's another Tory MP who's not named, but is speaking even more bluntly. I'm in a complete state of shock. We weren't told about this. We haven't been given any support. All sanctioned MPs should have been told. How many more people are there in Parliament who might be targeting us? Well, they seem to think there's quite a few more, actually. They do. <laughs> the hints in the Times is that there's like other chaps in Parliament who might be pro-China. I find it quite flattering <laughs> as a nation because, like, the last few years, we've really lost our confidence as a nation, right? It feels like the rest of the world doesn't care about us anymore and we're floating off into decline. But apparently... <laughs> China, China's China all over us. <laughs> wants to know everything about us. It's very exciting. I, I like how, as it's been revealed today, he went to private school. So, like, even if you want to be in this country, even if you want to be a spy for the Chinese Communist Party, <laughs> you have to have gone to a fee-paying school. Yeah, he was also head of house at the fee-paying school and the youngest ever captain of the cricket team. So no wonder. I mean, you know, proper, (laughs) like definitely proper spy. It is a bit like it's always on the one hand, understandably, it's a very serious thing. Everyone's always, oh, spying in this establishment. How dare they? But meanwhile, we've got like a huge building on the Thames in Vauxhall, (laughs) like 20 floors, just full of spies. (laughs) It's like... So it's like I think that part of this, part of the outrage of the MPs is actually MPs really like to think they're part of an exclusive party. That's the deal within Britain, isn't it? As you get kind of more powerful, you're allowed into smaller and smaller VIP rooms, essentially. And they're really angry that some young whippersnapper, whether he's a spy or not, is able to kind of swan in and out without being properly vetted. And of course, that's why they would pick a posh person. I mean, there's a long history in this country of posh double agents. Of course, the Cambridge spies, many people know about Kim Philby, John McLean, Guy Burgess and so on. And the poshness gives you access. You know, the thing is, because we don't really know what he's done, it's quite hard to speculate. There is, there are hints. He just seems to have organised drinks parties. That's all I'm saying. It seems like lobbying. What's the headline on the mail? Yeah, a hostile act. (laughs) 
He's done a hostile act in the heart of Parliament. A hostile which act. sounds like he might have done a massive shit. <laughs> <laughs> and especially because they put hostile act in quote marks. Yep. So yeah, it does sound a bit like a euphemism. Now that was a hostile act. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Now, on the front page of the Mail and the Eye are a couple of build-up stories to a new telly show that starts tonight called My Mum, Your Dad. We personally think it should be Your Mum, My Dad, but anyway, they haven't done for that. Um, Presented by Davina McCall, the show will have eight single parents aged between 44 and 58 plonked in a West Sussex country mansion in a bid to find their second chance at love. Fergus, does this sound fun to you? I do love these sorts of shows. For whatever reason, I've never watched Love Island. It just, I, I, maybe I'm worried it'll be too good. Right? <laughs> My favourite is Married at First Sight, Australia. Yeah, I think Amazing. that's, I think that genuinely think that's up there with The Sopranos and The Wire. <laughs> like, and I, I don't even say that tongue in cheek. I, I mean it. But uh, yeah, the, it starts this week on ITV. Tonight. Tonight. My mum, your dad, the premise of the show is that uh, the children of divorced, one has to assume they're divorced, they're not facilitating f- their parents' affairs, <laughs> um, uh, of divorced parents in their 40s and 50s. The parents are going to go get shoved in this big mansion and the children are going to try and help them, hook them up on dates and then watch the dates. That's yeah, it, right? they're in the, they're in a kind of separate room, the kids. So I think they're a kind of bunker where they can see everything, you know, and uh, Davina will presumably be with them, chatting with them. And then they can say, oh, my mum, I, I think my mum might like this fella over here. Maybe they could go on a bit of, de- of a date. We don't have access to the bedrooms, um, but we do see them kind of g- going on these various dates. Do you want to know who the men and the women are? are. Go I'm on. sure you do, so yeah. I'm going to tell you. The men are Postman Roger, 58, PE Teacher Elliot, 53, Pastoral Support Officer Clayton, 57, and Decorator Paul, 51. The women are Relationship Coach Natalie, 44, Tech Advisor Catherine, 51, Welfare Officer Sharon, 53, and Therapist Monique, 50. But also, so we've got four and four, Towards the end of the show, they chuck in a blonde bombshell. <laughs> Just to stir things up. To stir things a lady up. One. A lady A lady blonde bombshell who's also, like, I think qualified. She's in her 40s or 50s or whatever. But she does say, I think, in, in yes, it's in the uh, mail. She does say, I'm the only blonde. <laughs> <laughs> Which just kind of makes me laugh. So it's what? like, you know, I come in and I'm the only blonde, so you must love me. We just skimmed over the fact that one of the women in it is a relationship coach. And one's coach. a therapist. And one's, and one's a, therapist. a therapist. And one's a welfare officer. And there's only they, the... they don't sound like matches, do they? <laughs> a postman and a therapist. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe you're right, but a lot of them also, the women, have become therapists because they've had such bad times in their relationships. <laughs> so this is true. So, you know, they've kind of had these really terrible times with 
with fel- the fellas, and then they've retrained themselves to, you know, understand relationships. So I have an awful feeling that they might go in being really <laughs> like, you know, knowledgeable about what they're looking for and how relationships should work, and the blokes would just be like. She looks quite nice. (laughs) I would not take advice on relationships from anyone thick enough to do an ITV dating show. (laughs) That's mean. I mean, it's not good relationship. Well, it's good. Maybe it's good advertising for their companies, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the one of the blokes you said was a pastoral care. Support officer. Support officer. Yeah. Well, I mean, the interesting thing is, will they all be gunning for him as the one with some emotional sensitivity or will they all be avoiding yeah, him? Yeah, like or the thinking, wait, we've got a decorator. <laughs> Back to <Way>. decorator. <laughs> He's hot. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because, you know, we'll see if if they do manage to get some dates together. I do, do hope they do. Anyway, a couple of days ago in The Sun, this has caused a bit of controversy. Ulrika Johnson had a few digs about the show. She said that single parents don't need their children controlling their dating lives. Like, so basically, she doesn't want her kids to pick somebody that she wants to go out with because they're going to pick somebody very dull. And what she wants <laughs> is, quote, I want someone who sets my world alight and is prepared to go skinny dipping at stupid o'clock. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> It's for you, Ferg. Now, here at Papercuts, we love a brilliant headline, and so do you, as we well know, which is why every week in our Fix the Headline competition, we offer you an excellent story with a less-than-excellent header. On Friday, we gave you a pretty good tale from the Daily Mail about how, in the near future, cars may collect data about our sex lives. The Mail's headline was, Warning, your car may be tracking your sex life which was a bit straight. We knew you could do better and you did. On Twitter, Max Harvey went mad and offered us loads of headlines, <laughs> including Kink in the Road, Citroen Sexo, Driving Miss Crazy, Hatchback to My Place, Pull Up to the Bumper and, warning, Humps Ahead. <laughs> so I kind of feel we should give him a medal, but he's not the winner. Not the winner. Not the winner. Um, also on Twitter, David Rymel had autoerotic and Howard Towner carnal knowledge. There were quite a few fours. <laughs> Joe Short gave us fourari. <laughs> Stephen Bowden gave us foursprung Dutch sex nicked. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> That's good, isn't it? And one take grey gave us fward focus. Um, on threads, add enough. <laughs> gave us the creditable cars sound the horn, but the winner was Matt Watts with sex trafficking. Yay! First time we cheered that on this show. Yay for sex trafficking. Get in touch with your size and address, uh, Matt, and we will whiz a fabulous and exclusive Papercuts t-shirt over to you and you can wear it wherever you like because you will always look cool. So what about in the papers today? Do we have any headlines to rival Matt's, Alex? What have you got? Well, I don't know if they rival Matt's, but there's certainly a couple. um, I'm looking at the star... Uh, so there's a story that uh, footy scouts are quaking in their boots amid predictions they'll be replaced by bots. Uh, bosses of Britain's biggest teams are using custom-built AI systems to build teams of the future. And the headline is, sick as AI parrot. Hey, OK. Yep. Amazing. Bring down the house there. Yeah. And uh... <laughs> yeah, it's not a great day for headlines, I have it's to not, say. We it's not a vintage scoured. day, yeah. yeah. 
Um, also in the start was the back uh, got story that Russia is turning to North Korea for help replenishing its dwindling arsenal, um, trying to buy more weapons to use, of course, in the war in Ukraine. Um, and you sort of need to know quite a lot about how the star talks about Kim Jong-un and Vladimir Putin to understand this headline. <laughs> so uh, it's Rongun arms Vlad. Okay. So that's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. And you've got a couple more from the star, right, Focus? Yeah, the star. What was the name of that guy who sent you all the headlines? Oh, his name was Max Harvey. Yeah, there's a job for him at the start. <laughs> or, or maybe at one of the other papers so they can compete. Um, Coco Goff has just won the US Open and uh, the headline is Coco the Crowned, which is pretty yeah. good. And uh, there's a story in the Daily Star as well. Uh, a hungry black hole is gobbling up the equivalent of three Earths every time a star passes, which sounds like me at Christmas. Um, <laughs> And uh, the headline is Hold So Hungry. I don't really get it, but I like it. Yeah, the story is kind of amazing, isn't it? Just eats things as they go past, like Pac-Man. Apparently. Now, last autumn's Prime Minister, Liz Truss, has been in the papers and on the telly over the weekend promoting her forthcoming book. It's very forthcoming because it's not out till April next year. But anyway, she was interviewed in the mail about what was going to be in it. It's called... Ten years to save the West. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Liz. I know you're going to save us. Um, what will be in it, Alex? Well, yeah, I mean, she's done 49 days. That's more than you've done to save it's the West. It's true. I mean, but I can I fill mean. up the rest of the ten years, perhaps. So the book seems to be largely about sharing lessons of her time in government, um, presumably <laughs> things like finding where her office is. I don't know. I don't know how many lessons you could have fitted in to that amount of time. Maybe don't do the mini budget. Yeah. I mean, there's a few, that, but it isn't like that. It's not, I'm afraid, sounding like the most humble of memoirs and reflective of books. Um, it seems to be more about uh, her saying that, in fact, it would all have been really great if she hadn't been sabotaged by left-wing orthodoxy. Yes, she doesn't quite use the word woke. She's got a different word. She prefers the word blob. Yeah. And the blob is... Fat people. <laughs> <laughs> They just came in and sat on her. She couldn't move. Um, they, she talks about... <laughs> they saved Britain. I mean, they'd have been heroes. <laughs> but she thinks the blob are people, uh, people who work at the Bank of England and the Office of Budget Responsibility because they're all too left-wing. So what she felt like when she was in the prime, in prime minister role, she was pushing against, quote, an orthodoxy that was gradually moving to the left. She thinks of herself as a kind of like uh, a gunslinger in the OK Corral was surrounded by people that hate her. She was just like going along. Everybody else was really boring and left-wing and she was her solo mission was, go, was to attack them, through. cutting through, but it I didn't mean, happen. Famously, all investment bankers, bond markets, bond traders <laughs> and so on are Communists. I mean, thoroughgoing Maoists. I mean, and we know there are some in Parliament potentially, but but yes. uh, no. To be fair, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. It's true. I mean, she does. She does. There are some excellent quotes when she was uh, promoting this. So she said she was often the only conservative in the room, which is a bit like what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> Even at the Conservative Party conference, yeah. <laughs> apparently so. Um, but also about her prime ministership. This is the quote. I still can't believe it. I still can't believe it. I struggle to comp compute what happened, particularly what happened to the Queen. <laughs> Which sounds like... Oh, my she God. Well, there was a conspiracy theory about that because, of course, uh, when she was 
much younger, Liz Truss was a, a Republican, anti-monarchist. Yeah, she was definitely an anti-monarchist. She was a Lib Dem as well. So we're talking she? about another sleeper agent here. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Um, there's a funny detail. The male mentions that when they interview her, so she's sitting in a lovely green frock, sitting on her sofa at home. And so the male, I don't know if it's on Zoom or whatever. I think it's not, but they, they obviously peer at her walls like what you would do. And on her wall is a picture. Um, and you know you can get various pictures, famous people, and you, they're kind of mashed up with Che Guevara. Like you can get T-shirts with George Best and then the face is Che Guevara. And her picture is a mashup of Che Guevara and Lord Nelson. <laughs> she's, she's so odd. She's so weird. She's so <laughs> odd, isn't she? I mean... It makes me think, does she think that she's Lord Nelson, but then like with a bit of revolutionary? Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I, I do sort of love her. She's a proper oddball. <laughs> it's, a, it, it's amazing that she, because she got to be prime minister for however short a period of time, she's there now forever as a part of British public life with the same sort of status. Yeah. Which really, she's about, in terms of, her imp- she's about the same level as Jackie Weaver. Like that's what she should be. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like she just had that one moment. But now, like, if I had cooked a meal and given a lot of people food poisoning, I would not be releasing a cookery book. (laughs) (laughs) It's very true. I'm David Baddiel. I'm a writer and a comedian and a Jew. I'm Saeed Avasi. I'm a businesswoman and a politician and a Muslim. Jews and Muslims always seem to be in the news or on the news. Lots of people talk about us and this is us talking about ourselves. The kind of things that people say don't touch, yeah. we are going to go there. I mean, I think Jews and Muslims are talking about these things, but I think they're not talking about them together because they're worried that if they do, sparks might fly. A Muslim and a Jew go there. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Now, let's skip to the good bit. Fling aside the front and back pages and search out the paper's silliest stories, daftest trends and most appalling advice on how to make your life better, usually through buying shoes. What have we found today? Fergus, Elon Musk has revealed the name of his new child. He has several childs, but he's got a, a he's revealed the name of his new one. <laughs> Sorry, it's so mental. Um, it's his 11th child. And they're called Technomechanicus. Technomechanicus. I mean, it just sounds like a bad DJ, doesn't it? Because if it was Techno Maximus, you'd think, yeah, yeah we're going for techno. <laughs> but Mechanicus, it sounds like you're not very good. Yeah. As, as somebody who struggled to have an unusual name growing up in the 80s in Newcastle, <laughs> Fergus. It was too that, much, was it? That was too much. <laughs> I mean, oh dear, good luck, Techno. <laughs> I mean, it's got the names of all his children, and and they start out fairly tame. Uh, Nevada, Griffin, Vivian, Kai, Saxon, Damien, and then it just all gets... I mean, if there was a a graph of the mentalness of Elon Musk's children's names, it's going in one direction. Very much so. (laughs) Now there's there's XAEA12. Yeah. There's another one called X... Of course, they used to be called Twitter. There's one called Exadark, Sidorel. I mean, 
I'd like him to have more children to see where it goes. I think he's going to move beyond the realms of language. <laughs> it's just going to be like touch. Do you know what I mean? The t- <laughs> or a meme. It'll yeah. just have some kind of little avatar and it won't have a name at all. It'll just yeah. be the avatar. Yeah, I mean, I suppose you have to say potential, bullying potential. But, you know, these children won't go to normal school, will they? Mm, probably be really rich. Well, you know, if he ends up paying child support for all of them, I mean, you know, he's not always good for his bills, is he? No, that's true. Because you've actually missed two of them out. Oh, right. Okay, and on. they're called Strider and Azure. Yeah. And that's with um, yeah. a woman called Shivon Zillis, who was the director of operations at his old company. And they, he had she had the twins while he was supposedly with Grimes. So, yeah. Yes, Grimes Seems to be not very happy about that. No, it's weirdly. Things, Maybe yeah. that's why she's called the kids those names. <laughs> Just say, yeah, sod you. The next one's called I Hate My Dad. <laughs> All right. Uh, Alex, you have an interesting story about posh people from I love, the mail. Yeah, I mean, I, I love posh people behaving badly stories. that uh, I would say they're my bread and butter, but you might not want to read this one when you're eating. I'm afraid this one's a bit gross. Mm. Um, so it's in in Chelsea, in a... In a Five million pound Chelsea home, and uh, there is a, an, uh, ironically, a perfumer. This will become very ironic. Um, who started to notice a very unfortunate smell in her kitchen and so on. Very thought there was sort of sewage issue and stuff like that. Set up some CCTV, and it turned out that her next door neighbour, Janine McKinley, eighty-one, was in fact throwing jugs of her own urine onto. Uh, <laughs> Anastasia de Brouwer Bosler's patio um, three times a day, uh, quite regularly. Um, so there was a sort of full-on stink, and this has now been to court. Um, the neighbour has been uh, convicted, seemingly, of um, harassment, got a restraining order, no more no more throwing pee yeah. onto the neighbour's patio. And it clearly all got very nasty, I suppose it would, wouldn't it? You wouldn't take that lightly. No. And also it's she impressive had... that she can fill a jug three times a day. <laughs> Very lady. well hydrated. Yeah. Um, yeah, you get the. Maybe she was just drinking loads of water to get more. Yeah, so yeah really, she really should go for it. But then yeah. it would be less smelly because it would be quite dilute. So I don't know. I don't know. know. I mean, she said she had this excuse that basically because the house is like, you know, kind of one of those posh terraces, that sometimes her being elderly and a bit infirm, um, she couldn't get up the stairs to the toilet or down to the stairs to the toilet. So she obviously clearly just weed in a jug and then decided to chuck it out the front door. So it door. wasn't a malicious No, definitely thing. not malicious. It was just sort of like, well, this is what we did in my day. <laughs> <laughs> sort of I mean, this is how people behave in Chelsea, apparently. Just but it's also, it's, it, it, it kind of reminds me of how posh people think they're all, you know, that everything is theirs because they're used to living in big houses. So, you know, presumably she lived in a big house, weed in a jug and then chucked it out. It would be her land. Yeah, this is the problem with the London property market nowadays, isn't there? There's nowhere to pour your piss. <laughs> exactly. Fergus, speaking of posh people, you've got a story about Harry. Prince Harry. Yes, Prince Harry appeared on a German talk show uh, promoting the Invictus Games, that big sports tournament for veterans from different countries around the world. They had It's such a nothing story. It, they had a sort of um, little game where they had to kick a football into a hole. He had about three kicks and he missed it. <laughs> Hang him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've seen the video. 
his kicks were all right. Just, you know. But just he missed it. and it was in Germany. Do you not get the significance of it? This is <laughs> yeah, really no, important. I understand. Football. And then a 60-something-year-old German politician did it first time. So I guess that is humiliating. Harry's failed us again that is the story isn't it really yeah they're fairly like tame about it they're not sort of going two footed in on him yeah for it but anyway he's now rubbish at football so it's another reason to dislike him sorry Harry Um, and shall we just have a quick look again at that Kate Moss picture because what I want to just there we go it's on page 11 let's have a look at it so there she is looking like Kate Moss uh, in the sun um, not in the sun, in the she's actually in the mail, but she's sitting in the sun. Um, what they've basically got a picture of her, the mail also uh, on page eleven, in which they've contrasted, of course, of her a picture of her when she's younger, mm-hmm. because that's what happens you know, with the, with pretty women is they're not allowed to get older. That no. is the that is the story, isn't it? The story is the scandal. <laughs> it's the scandalous story of Kate Moss. In the mail is the fact that she's not allowed to get older, even being a model. No, and of course the converse story would be that if she had totally filled her face with Botox and all that, it would be, how dare this woman defy nature? She's so unnatural. That's also defective and disgusting. So there's really no way to win when you're a woman in the public eye. It's going to be one thing or the other. The one good thing is it's Kate Moss and she doesn't care. <laughs> good for her. Have she's, another fag, love. Yeah, she's smoking a fag in the picture. So things can't be going that bad if she can afford cigarettes. <laughs> And that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to Alex. Thank you. And thanks to Fergus. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to follow Paper Cuts on your favourite podcast app. If you really like us, then leave us five stars on Spotify and Apple and uh, This Is Breaking News, It's Fast Happening review. You can also follow us on X and Instagram at Paper Cuts Show. Links are in the show notes. I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Papercuts on a day when the Times reveals that fathers with strong necks are seen as better protectors of their family. But they do look stupid in a polo neck jumper. See you next time. <laughs>